Hello and welcome to Tea and Chat, the British English podcast that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Hello lovely people and welcome to today's episode of Culture Week. I'm really excited for this one because it's all about British holidays. So can you think what that means? Well, let's just get started so you can find out. What's that noise? Can you hear that? (gasps) Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. Oh, I do like to be beside the sea. I can't whistle very much, but this song is an absolute classic in England. I can't sing either, but it's a great, great song to really lift your spirits. And for British people, this song is just all about going on holiday. Actually, this song is by an organist who is called Reginald Dixon, and he used to play this at Blackpool, which is a famous seaside resort in England. We'll learn more about that soon, but I hope you enjoyed this little song. It's called I Do Like To Be Beside The Seaside. So look it up on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of music to get us started. Like I said, it really is a classic in the UK. Everyone recognizes it. I think it's quite common for us to play this at the amusement parks quite close to the seaside and the seaside is very close to our hearts because as British folk we are surrounded by the ocean hence it is our number one holiday destination or at least it used to be. So more about that what do you think a British person likes to do for holiday? I'll let you think about that. Actually, I know probably most of you will say British people like to go to Spain or to France. And it's probably true, it's most likely. (laughs) There are a lot of British expats in Spain, um, especially those who have retired to Spain at a later date and lots of young people going there to celebrate their 18th birthday. We even have some TV shows literally dedicated to this event of an 18-year-old going to celebrate with their friends for the first time without their parents in Spain, probably on an island like Magaluf, Tenerife or the well-renowned Ibiza. It definitely doesn't show the most classy type of British person for the most part um, and does give us a bit of a bad reputation But do you know what? What can you expect from 18-year-old teenagers who are just discovering alcohol and girls and boys for the first time and they just want to have a really good time without their parents because it's the first time they have that sense of freedom. So yeah, maybe they're not the best at respecting the local cultures and it's definitely quite embarrassing. I can say I at least didn't do that. I did go on a small holiday with my friend when I was a teenager. I think about the age of 18 as well, 17, 18. And we actually went to Malta. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Malta. It is an island in Europe off of the coast of Italy. Um, But it is its own country and it's quite popular, I think, these days maybe. 
but especially with English learners. And that is because they speak English there, but also there are some really good English learning schools there. So they're quite popular and I've had a few of my students tell me they've gone to Malta for this reason. So that's pretty cool. All in all, I had a good time there and I would definitely go back. It was a very relaxing atmosphere. But let's take it back a bit. Let's go back to say the 1950s, the 1960s. This is the first time that British people truly got to enjoy what we today know as a holiday. Well, what do I mean by that? Did people never go on holiday before that? Oh, I'm sure they did, but it became much more common to go on holiday around this time, post-war, because people in the UK got a paid holiday for the first time, or we say paid annual leave, and if you don't know, annual means yearly, and leave, it's quite a formal way to kind of say like a mini break from work. So paid annual leave, it's like paid holiday from your job. So this was kind of the first time around this time that this became a legality in the law. So lots of people got this opportunity to finally go away and to be able to afford to go on holiday. Now it's the 1950s and the 1960s. Lots of things are developed, but not to the extent that they are today. If you didn't know, England was actually the place where trains were actually invented. Um, it was a steam train, uh, kind of like the one that you will find in Harry Potter. And I believe it was built way back at the beginning of the 1800s um, by someone who lived in Cornwall, which, by the way, is also a lovely seaside town and region. <laughs> so we already had the train way, way before the 1950s. So we could access, you know, different places quite easily. And we had cars. Of course, we had cars in the 1950s. It was quite common that uh, quite a few people had cars by this time. However, we didn't have motorways. So the first motorway in England uh, wasn't built until just after this time and it wasn't the best motorway because it obviously it didn't connect the whole of the UK. It was only one single motorway to first be built. Nowadays, we do have more than one <laughs> and it's a bit more easier to get around. But I think uh, without this kind of additional help of a motorway, it would definitely take a lot longer to get from A to B to get to your destination. So the main option was probably trains or to go somewhere quite nearby, somewhere quite local. So if you lived up north in cities like Manchester and Liverpool, you were most likely to go to, for example, Blackpool. Blackpool was really popular, like I mentioned. It's a seaside town and... Um, Definitely not so popular today. It's famous for the Blackpool Tower. And if you were from down south, like for example, if you were a Londoner, you might go to somewhere like Brighton or Margate. So actually, I've never been to Manchester or Liverpool, so I haven't been to Blackpool either. But Brighton is definitely a much more common destination to go for people down south, along with Littlehampton, Hastings, Eastbourne and other familiar seaside towns along the southern coast there. Also I would go up to Norfolk and Norwich and there is a famous beach there called Great Yarmouth. 
So what did British people do at the beach? I mean, obviously when you're at the beach, you go to the beach, you like to enjoy the sand, put your toes in the water or maybe go for a swim if you're brave enough because it is England, I will admit it. So it does still rain a lot. We, like I said, we would also have some kind of attraction. So like a little fun fair, maybe some rides, some dodgems and dodgems are the cars that bash against each other and little kids can drive them and it's quite fun. You also may find something like a haunted house and on top of that, the most prized possession of a British seaside town is something called a Helter Skelter and that's a really funny name, I know. You might want to look it up so that you can see a picture of what it looks like but a Helter Skelter is essentially a large slide and it's a tall structure that is normally painted with red and white stripes and has a slide going around the edge of it and people of all ages can try this out. What you do is you climb to the top, you get a sack to sit on and you just slide down. So maybe it's not so popular with the kids these days but it's definitely quite an iconic image of something that you would find at a British seaside. And where did we stay? Did we stay in hotels, B&Bs, apartments? Well yeah sure I, I bet we stayed at all of these places but I personally think that the most common place that a British person would stay is a seaside resort uh, along the likes of Butlins, Haven and Pontins. These are all company names, Butlins, Haven and Pontins, that are famous in the UK for having multiple locations next to the seaside where you can go for a nice family holiday. They also appeal to people on a lower income because they're generally quite affordable. What you will find your accommodation normally is at this place is a caravan. So you'll be living in a house on wheels for maybe a few days to a week, all kind of crammed into quite a small place. But the resort will normally have a swimming pool, an arcade, some live entertainment, places to eat. And of course, you're right next to the seaside. So does it really matter what your accommodation is like when you can just walk to the beach? These places do normally offer some other types of accommodation, such as a kind of cabin or uh, maybe like a hut. <laughs> but definitely the caravan is another iconic image of a British seaside holiday. We also have another company that is quite famous for having multiple locations in the UK and it's called Centre Parks. I haven't ever been to a Centre Parks and it's not normally a resort that is located next to the beach. It's normally if you want more of a naturey type of holiday, maybe in the woods and you want to try some more adventurous activities such as climbing through the trees, going on electric bikes through the woods or just kind of trying a new skill like archery that you've never done before. So again it could be quite good for families or it could be quite good if you just want to go away for a few days with your friends. So all of these options used to be really great affordable options for British people in the UK and they were kind of the best thing that we had so we really did make the most of it. However 
these days they aren't actually the most affordable, which might be surprising because it is within England or within the UK, so you're not going very far, but they don't really compare to what we have today, which is cheap airlines, such as Ryanair and EasyJet. These are probably the two most popular budget airlines that we have flying out from our airports in the UK. And it's the best way for you to find a cheap flight to get yourself a cheap holiday. So you could find a flight to Spain, Italy, France for anywhere around about a £50 return ticket. Give or take maybe a couple pounds depending on the season. And if you want to go to somewhere like Poland or Ireland, which is much closer, it will only cost you around £20-£30 for a return ticket. So you don't have to worry about the travel there and back and it's very cheap. Okay, but what about the accommodation? This is also very expensive, right? Well, actually in the UK we have some companies that kind of help us out with that too. And you might have heard of them. They are called Thompson, which I believe has changed its name to TUI because of a scandal that happened a few years ago. And Thomas Cook. Thomas Cook is also an airline, but I don't think it's as popular. But companies like these offer what we call package holidays. And this, my friends, is where the British people really truly come into their element because we love a good deal and we love a good package holiday. What does a package holiday really mean or include? Well, you probably expect in your flights, your accommodation, your food, and sometimes even your activities to all fall under one price tag. This is kind of like a lazy way to book a holiday because you just have to click a button or worry about it one time and after that you can rest assured that your holiday is booked. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's perfect and there's going to be no problems, but it does seem to be a little more stress-free and it will cause you less of a hassle. These packages will probably run in the lower hundreds, so around 200, 300, 400, 500 pounds, depending on the amount of people, where you're going, where you're staying, and what you want to do there if you're including activities. And of course, what season you're going, if you're going in summer, when all the kids are out from school, or in the winter time. I think this is a pretty cool option that we have, that a lot of other places don't have. But I do have to admit that it's a little bit lazy in its nature for the reason that people get very comfortable with this idea that everything is already planned for them. And this is where we really can distinguish the word traveling from a holiday. People kind of confuse the two, but I know people like to say there is a difference. If you're traveling to a new country, you're really wanting to explore the country, the people, the culture, the local food, the local things to see and do there. And you want to visit as many places as possible. This is traveling to really try and immerse yourself in that local culture. But if you're going on holiday, all you want to do is lie down by the pool, go to the beach and have some good food, not have to worry about anything. 
Indeed, it's true, a lot of British people like to go on holiday just for the weather. They're normally not so interested in trying to integrate with the locals. They just want to put their feet up and relax. And fair enough, I can see that. They probably just kind of stay at their hotel though, which is a little bit controversial because they'll stay there, they'll eat there, they'll probably find some different activities that are going on at their hotel, like a karaoke bar, or for the kids, there'll probably be some movie nights. And maybe they'll leave the hotel like once or twice to go on some planned excursions. But that's about it. So yeah, what do you think of these package holidays? Do you have them in your country? Because I know now living in Canada that we definitely don't have this kind of option because there isn't really anywhere close by that we can travel to cheaply. I think I've mentioned it before, but even if I want to travel to a city in Canada, it will cost me the same price to fly all the way back to London. (laughs) So is it worth it? Well, I'll let you decide that. Because of these cheap holiday options to travel around Europe, it's not really common that a British person would venture further than this to go to, for example, the continent of Asia, North America, South America, something like this. They're much more likely to just kind of stay in the closer vicinity of Europe. So going to America is a pretty big deal for the British person because, you know, you might think it's expensive for you to go to America, but it's still quite expensive if you want to go on holiday to America from Britain. So only a lucky few perhaps get to go or if you're really dedicated to saving up your money because you really want to go to Disney World, then yeah, that sounds worth it. Aside from that, I don't think there's many more options for us or things that we might do. We might visit uh, the Isle of Wight or the Isle of Man, which are small isles off of the coast of England. As a child, my holidays mostly consisted of going to local beaches on the south coast. And also I was fortunate that my nan or my grandmother lived in Edinburgh in Scotland. So I got to go up there and spend a week or two with her in the summer. And my grandfather lives in Ireland. So I also got to spend summers with him, which was just great. Um, As a kid, all you really want to do is spend some time in nature, run around. And in both locations, I had that time for that because in Edinburgh, it's quite close to the seaside as well. You can go to the beach, have fun there. And in Ireland, where my granddad lives, there are plenty of opportunities for you to find some large field to run in or some old kind of historical site. The first time I actually went abroad was when I was eight and me and my family went on a package holiday to Greece and to an island called Rhodes. I don't remember much of it, but it was definitely really fun to be able to go abroad for the first time. After that, uh, the next place that I went to was America because my dad lives there. So I would go maybe once a year or once every two years to visit him. That was kind of my holiday. It's much more common to go to places within the UK and spend a few days or a week perhaps by the beach. So things like camping aren't so common in the UK. Uh, We definitely do have some campsites, but I personally don't really know anyone who's kind of said, hey, I just went for a camping trip for one week. Like that's something very unusual. 
And yeah, I think normally parents just don't see that as a holiday. So they don't normally pick that to do with their kids. But in the UK, we do have many rivers because we are surrounded by the ocean. So many rivers run through the UK, which means there are opportunities for you to go on the river by boat. Um, Again, I don't think this is a common thing that people do. Um, But some people do own boats or maybe rent a boat for a day to just travel along the river and relax a little bit. But yeah, these are the more unusual methods of going on holiday in the UK. And lastly, I just wanted to mention that holiday can be used as a verb. So yes, I could say I am going to holiday in Brighton. That sounds very strange because normally you would say I am going on holiday in Brighton. But if I'm using it in the verb form, that sentence, I am going to holiday in Brighton, is also correct. (laughs) It's not as commonly used these days, especially because it does sound quite strange and quite unusual, but you could probably find a few example sentences online using it as a verb also. Of course, in America, they prefer to say vacation and they use holiday to describe the governmental holidays that they get off from work, but in the UK, everything is a holiday and that's how we like to keep it. So that's it from me here on Tea and Chat today. I hope you enjoyed this special holiday edition of Culture Week and of Tea and Chat. And remember, you can now head over to my Instagram, Tea and Chat Podcast, to vote for your favorite topic every week. So head over to my website if you want to see the transcript for this podcast, and I'll see you next week. Have a nice holiday.